Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 222, 222 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and wouldn't you know it, it's that time of year again. It is the deep breath before the plunge. Uh, it is, of course, uh, well, we're less than a week away from the start of the season when the Cincinnati Bengals uh, kick off the AFC North defending season against a fellow AFC North foe, the Cleveland Browns. It's all set up to be a ter- terrific nine months. Uh, let's hope it's nine months at least anyway. Um, and uh, we'll be with you every step of the way. And uh, not just me, of course, but uh, my partner in crime, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. How you doing, my son? And when you say even nine months, what do you mean? Are you planning on the season going to April? Uh, well, maybe in my mind. Is that what nine months is? I thought it was nine months, man. Um, when's the Super Bowl? End of, fe- end of Feb, isn't it? End of Feb. So what's yeah. that? Uh, seven yeah. months. Seven months? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's not quibble over months. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm buzzing for it, mate. I really am. I think, you know, it's, I think no, I read the other day it's the longest um, break between, um, like, you know, between any sport in terms of how long... Um, the off season goes on for, and I do think it's a long grind, isn't it? That period through, um, you know, from March all the way through um, until September. So Sundays become fun again. You know, I'm never a huge fan of a Sunday, but when the NFL's on, absolutely love it. I know, right? It used to be the Sunday scaries. It's like the before, before the sun, the day before you go back to school, you have a bath on a Sunday night, and you don't want to, you don't want Monday to come round because either you've had a fantastic weekend or you just don't want to go back to work or go back to school or go back to university, whatever your circumstances. And uh, yeah, it's not Sunday scares, but now it's the Sunday. Sunday's a fun day, Nathan. No, absolutely, and we're better. Um, six o'clock down at the old. The old boozer with some Bengals fans. I'm sure it'll be a cracking evening. Well, there you go. That was a neat segue, Nathan. You are learning. I like that. Um, <laughs> we do have meetups, and I mean meetups. We have one in London at the Coach House. Get yourself down there if you're in the southeast or surrounding areas and you want to come down and spend the first day of the season with us. Uh, we'll be there. It's the middle floor of the Coach House. Uh, we'll be watching the uh, the Browns game live. And then up in Manchester, very pleased to say that um, we've secured the English Lounge again upstairs at the English Lounge. Your point of contact uh, there will be Jamie, Jamie Rowe, so, or Trequart Beaster, even, as you know him on this podcast. So do, uh, again, if you're in the area uh, and you fancy watching the game together, then uh, this is why, exactly why. We, we do these meetups. I had to put something out. We get a lot of questions about where uh, American people can watch NFL games in London and more specifically Bengals games in London. And it's not very um, 
It's not very easy, is it, Nathan, really? Because if you're not on Sky, then you're in a bit of trouble. Um, and Sky being the, the UK broadcaster of the NFL, it, it broadcasts one game in each time slot live uh, each week. And if you're not uh, one of those people, it's down to Game Pass only, I'm afraid. Um, it's all going to be... There's a lot of stuff going on with TV. Uh, you know, there's no one's picked up the college football rights, although there's a little bit here and there across some channels. But for the most part, no one's picked up the TV rights to the college football, which I know... There's a lot of our flock into college football. The NFL Game Pass rights have switched to uh, uh, zone. Uh, we're hearing horror stories just kind of up and down the country and also around the world of zone service. So we're going to be keeping an eye on things, really. It just I, mean, I may be wrong, happy to be proved wrong, but it just reeks yet again of... Um, you know the the NFL just following the bottom line and getting so perhaps you know DAZN offered a a really good deal perhaps they undercut the previous supplier who knows that's mere speculation from me um, who knows but DAZN won the contract so it's really all eyes on them and I have to say um, even though there's been a lot of negative stuff about DAZN uh, I have had no problems so far. But I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say is, it's kind of a crucial season because we're being robbed of college football. We're getting potentially a not very good provider of uh, Game Pass. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, I thought I'd start on a really positive note there, Nathan. <laughs> I don't. I, I like the old NFL Game Pass. I think sometimes you know I, there have been instances where it goes down and it's enormously frustrating, but. I think the fact that, you know, for what is it, 150, 160 quid a year, um, you can watch all the NFL games in HD legally. That That's nice. You know, I mean, that... Pales but that's, that's not... It's it's, it's the way that's done, though. It's like, you know, like, for instance, they I'm on a month... I'm on a kind of a, a staggered subscription, so they take something from me every three yeah, months. Yeah. But when DAZN took over, they took the entire year's fee out of my uh, bank account without any notification whatsoever. Uh, and that's not just me. That's, uh, you know, thousands of people out there. Uh, now, I'm lucky enough to just about to be able to afford that, but a lot of people aren't, you know, so which is why they do a staggered subscription. Uh, there's a case of, uh, you know, kind of parents who can't watch the six o'clock games because they have to go to tend to family members, put kids to bed, cook dinner, eat dinner, all that kind of thing. They like to be able to watch the games uh, when all that stuff is done about nine o'clock in the evening. But from what I can tell, in some instances, there's no rewind function uh, or watch from the start, you know. Um, so uh, and also there's the whole story about, uh, you know, it logs you off uh, every time you leave the site. It logs you off. So you have to log back in again. It's sort of a minor complaint. But, you know, it is a bit of a hassle every time you you have to go on to the site. So, you know, all these things, these little seemingly little things add up into kind of quite annoying bits and pieces. But I haven't had any problems so far. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, should we talk some football? Let's do it, my son. Just, uh, just a little note also. Coming up in this episode, we have got, as is traditional now, he's done it for five or six years. In fact, we haven't been going for five or six years, but it feels like five or six years, but certainly three or four years or even five years. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, Jeff Hobson, the brilliant Uncle Jeff Hobson, will be joining us a little bit later. And special treat, it's the final episode of Hard Knockers. Not sure if 
anybody is listening to that but um, or in, indeed enjoying it if they are listening to it. Uh, but it is something a bit different. It's the first ever scripted drama within the football podcast world. There's probably a reason why there are no others. But however, uh, we genuinely, you've heard it, Nathan, because you're in it, obviously, but you've heard it. It's pretty good fun, isn't it? Right, it is, yeah. I think uh, if you're listening still, hang on for Hot Knockers because it's a decent, decent, decent listen this week, I think. Very good. Right, uh, let's talk Bengals. It's the 2023 season. Let's get into it. Cincinnati. What are you saying, Sam? Where do you want to start? Tricky, isn't it? Um, should we start from the top? Right from the top and work our way backwards. How about that? It sounds like a bit of an ass about tits sort of way of doing things. But do you think the Bengals are genuine contenders this year? Firstly, first and foremostly. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's a very good team. Uh, you look around the NFL, and you know, there's always going to be ridiculously fierce competition. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You know, I think our division looks difficult, but you've got to look at the talent we've got with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Trey Hendrickson. You know, across the board, and say, you know, there's enough talent on that team that we absolutely are contenders. You, you have to say that. Okay, so I was the next question was going to be why? Why do you think you we're contenders? And you've just listed a whole bunch of reasons. Oh, I I agree. I think we genuinely are contenders, even though we have lost a couple of key pieces. And you know, it's not it's not hard to guess where those pieces have gone from. We're talking Jesse Bates. We're talking Von Bell. Two crucial members of the secondary there really solid, solidified that middle area of the back end, and um, they're going to be huge misses. But it is. It is what it is. It is football. You can't keep everyone all at once. And I think they've done quite a nice job of drafting and then, you know, signing free agents. I'm I'm intrigued to see Dax Hill and Nick Scott play together, plus a bit of Tyson Anderson. Uh, I think Jordan Battle, from what everyone's saying, is going to be not necessarily red-shirted, but it's going to be eased into things, I think. Uh, but certainly um, Dax Hill, Nick Scott and Tyson Anderson, really looking forward to seeing those guys play best of luck to them they've got some huge uh, shoes to fill it has to be said but I think they can do it you know um, there's no reason why they shouldn't but I'm going you know I'm not going to be screaming and shouting at uh, at our disown screens if uh, if they screw it from time to time you know because it is going to take a little bit of time to to uh, to get on the same wavelength and especially in game situations at game speed you know um but, you know, um, looking forward to seeing Irv Smith and hoping, really hoping that he can stay healthy for significant amounts of time because I do think he's a talented guy, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, there's also the, the right tackle situation. Will Jonah uh, slip into things as easy as we've heard he has? Um, looking forward to seeing Orlando Brown. You know, Joe Burrow's back. Um yeah, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic here because it's it's. I think this is the key thing. This is the key thing, is continuity, man. It's like Burrow's still there, and we know what we know how much of an edge he gives this team. Chase and uh, Higgins and Boyd are still there, you know. Karras, yeah. Kappa, still there. Uh, Mixon, whatever you think of him, still there, you know. Trayvon Williams, it's stepping up to the plate big time. Uh, this this season he's been around for a while and then you've got the defensive core of Reader and Hendrickson and Hubbard and Pratt and Wilson uh, they're still there continuity man that's such a big thing 
Yeah, and it goes across the coaching staff as well. You know, there's not many teams around the league that are successful teams that have got the same coach and coordinators in place. And the Bengals have been able to retain that across the board. And, you know, you've you got to still think Zach Taylor's a young coach. You know, he's um, he's still getting to grips with things himself. Obviously, you know, he's now uh, you know, another year um further along with his experience and obviously he knows his guys all the people now in the building are his guys you've not got many that um you know weren't around um before him so that's a big factor as well is having that experience with the coaching staff and move forward you know it's a good team and i don't think it needs massive changes a couple of nice pieces obviously you got your you know your draft picks and it'd be good to see what miles murphy can do although i'm not expecting big things from him this year but you know you look across the board the one big signing really is Orlando Brown it'd be great to see him out there and he's one of those players isn't he Orlando Brown because he's on the offensive line you know if you've got a big ticket free agent um, that was a wide receiver or running back or even defensive player you'd be sort of you know salivating or wonder what they can do what they can do but really for Orlando Brown you know you might not get too excited about um, you know the actual play of a left tackle but that's really absolutely huge for us to have a guy of his quality at left tackle for a position really that's you know dogged us for a couple of years so I'm you know not that I'm going to be sat there you know watching every snap of him in the trenches but certainly that's an area that I think will be um, you know a great benefit to us and where if we have improved on the roster that's certainly one area um, that you have to say. Uh, some people will be watching every snap. That's guaranteed, I think, and be posting it on in the internet. So they'll be doing it so you don't have to. So uh, you've escaped that one. But, yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be really interesting. Great to see the coaches all. Because, like you said, they know they know the system, uh, you know, back to, you know, inside out, really. And they know how to get the best of their guys in that system. And you, they've got guys on the field who are kind of ex- like your Logan Wilsons, you know, who are extensions of the coaches on the on the field so yeah i can't wait i do genuinely think uh this team is a contender but ju- just to just to kind of dampen it and maybe dampen expectation and uh alter the perspective just slice uh slightly bloody hell man if they went back to the afc championship game right that that is bucking some serious historical stats not i mean if zach taylor did that or at least his team did that, and he was part of that, he'd be up there with the Bill Belichicks and the, and the George Seaforts of this world, you know, like proper proper legends of the game, you know. Um, it would be an astonishing, uh, an astonishing thing, because history says that you don't go to the AFC Championship game three times in a row, you know. Well, what's stopping this team? Going well, exactly. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying. No, um, yeah. there's nothing stopping no, I, I, us. We're I, I, talented. I think. I'm, I'm genuinely asking you because I mean we, we're all very positive on the roster and we know we've got good players. But where's it going to go wrong for the Bengals if it does go wrong? If you, if we don't win the AFC, AFC North or you know we have for some reason have a poor record, aside from obvious, you know Joe Burrow getting injured or um, you know something gruesome like that. Where do you think the team potentially could fall back on? Because I know I think everyone feels very confident, you know, going to a Super Bowl and then um, to another AFC title game will do that. But where, where, in your opinion, could we, you know, could be our Achilles heel as a team? You know, are there any particular areas or things that you think might trip the Bengals up along the way? Yeah, I mean, you look at last year and uh, they started off slowly and they can't afford to do that again. They need to enter the bye week at like four and one or something like that, you know, if they can. Uh, And that means one loss against the sort of Ravens or the Browns, you know, Um, because, again, you're asking the team to do a hell of a lot of heavy lifting. If they go into the bye week 
and they need to win another 10 in a row to, to, to win the division. Yeah. And get to the, you know, that's really hard. And I've been so impressed with them the last couple of years that they've managed to do that. It's something, something clicks with them at the back end of the season. I tell you what, that's the sign of a really good team. They know when to, it's like Man City, actually. They know yeah. when to, you know, they have a bit of a, you know, they're up there, but they're not sort of blowing people away. Then after Christmas, they go absolutely nuts. And that's what the Bengals do pretty much post bye week in the past couple of years. They've gone absolutely nuts. But they've also had to change scheme a little bit. If you remember the past two years, the running game has not been working. Uh, and last year, from what I read and understand, I'm no expert in this, they went or they changed from an outside zone scheme to a power gap scheme. Now, uh, that worked a little bit better, but I'm looking for the running game to be better. And this is where one of my sort of potential uh, iffy bits are. The, even though I love Travion and I'm expecting big things from him and I know he can deliver big things, there is that question mark. There is that question mark of quality depth behind Joe Mixon. That's yep. Samaj P. Ryan really delivered in the past couple of years, both past pro and just scored. I keep saying it, he's just scored touchdowns when the team desperately needed them. He's a playmaker, really, but in a very yeah. low-key sort of way, you know, workman-like sort of way. So that's a bit of an iffy thing. And also, if you remember last year, <clears throat> teams tried to take away the, uh, the big play. And for the most part, it, I mean, it took... I don't know, half a season for them to get to grips with that. So it took them a bit of a while to kind of figure that out. And I wonder if teams have got a new wrinkle for this offense, you know, um, whether, yeah. you know, whether it's going to take, uh, you know, throw a spanner in the works. I mean, the Bengals overcame that eventually. But yeah, I would, I would like to see, uh, uh, I would like to see them hit the ground running. Well, every team wants their team to hit the ground running. But you know what I mean, I want to see the Bengals start well, and just be. Uh, I mean, again, they are really good coaches, but you want them to really keep an eye on what teams are throwing at them because uh, it took a bit of a while for them to adapt last year. So yeah, um, that that's my kind of iffy bit, bits, perhaps. What about yours? Yeah, no, I think you're on. I'm on the same lines as you, really. I mean, you look at the Bengals' um, rushing attack last year; it was fourth worst in the NFL. Now, we only played 16 games; everyone else played 17 um, last year with all the Demar Hamlin um, unfortunate situation there. But I did think at times the offense was a bit stop-start. You know, not that you could just expect every. Um, drive to, you know, march down the field and Joe whipping in touchdown passes left, right and centre. But I did think at times, you know, the defence really bailed the offence out in some games. You know, it felt, felt a bit sort of stop-start and things like that. And that does come with, you know, having a, an effective running game. And, you know, we know what Joe Mixon brings to the table. Obviously, he's another year older now, but he's still, you know, a young guy in the grand scheme of things. I'm sure after the off-season he's had, he'll probably be keen to, you know, let his work on the pitch do the talking and, you know, generate some headlines there. I'm sure he'll be playing, you know, with a bit of fire in the belly behind that yeah is a little bit um a little i wouldn't say concerning because you know you know it's like running backs you know people that um you know can sort of come from anywhere if given the right opportunities and there's three young talented guys behind him you know chase brown chris evans travion williams they'll all be desperate to sort of carve that 
um, you know, RB2 spot out. And, you know, let's be honest, Joe Mixon is not going to be here forever. If any one of them can really sort of step up and play well, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity for them to eventually take over the starting role. So that's certainly an area that will be interesting. But like you said, it needs to hit the ground running quickly. We can't afford to, you know, come out and people not being in the right places and the Bengals look a bit sluggish, you know, for two weeks and just go 0 and 2 again. Because you go 0 and 2, two divisional losses, you know, it really puts you in a hole. And like you said, then, then you're constantly chasing yourself, um, you know, down the back end of the schedule. So, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule here. There's some, there's some, I'm not saying it's an easy schedule, but we've avoided some really, like, horrible games. And we've got to play both the Chiefs and the Bills. But you look at some games on there, like the Cardinals, the Texans, the Colts, the Vikings, they're not bad. But, you know, there's got a lot of winnable games in there that you'd sort of fancy us in. Um, but it, the Rams, even, in some ways, I know, obviously, you know, you think back to the Super Bowl and it hurts there. But I don't think the Rams, you know, considering their situation, will be that, um, you know, that big of a team this year. So, Certainly some winnable games, but we we do have to just go out there. And I think, like you said, four and one at that bye week would be absolutely lovely. You know, you get there, you're in a good position, you've got a couple of divisional wins under your, under your belt and you can sort of crack on from there. But, yeah, I just want to hope that I think the aim for this team has got to be really nothing short of trying to get that that buy you know you just control the narrative so much if you can get that yeah and you look at the last couple of years we've had to win on the road in the playoffs right Um, and you can't you can't rely on you no matter how good of a team you are you're going away from home to places like buffalo and kansas city you might you know squeeze a win here and there but you know to do that three games in a row or even you know a couple of games in a row is very very hard you know if we can get in there control the narrative they all have to go through paycor you know to get to the super bowl you you really fancy yourself you imagine the atmosphere there as well if we were uh, able to host oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know like an AFC title game there I mean it'd be absolutely glorious but yeah I don't want to get ahead of myself but that that really you know needs to be the aim you know just sort of like in the past or sort of Marvin Lewis times sort of scraping in with the you know sort of wild card and things like that I just you know as good as it'll be and as much as I could really back us in the playoffs I just can't stress how I think it's that important that we need to get good seeding as well to not have to go on you know some of these horrible um, away days. Um, what 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 constitutes? I oh, know I agree with everything you say. By the way, and how fun is it uh, to actually talk uh, in mm. the, about the Bengals as a perennial playoff team, as a perennial contender? You know, it's so much fun, isn't it? Really, I'm still I'm still waiting for the bubble to burst, but I'm I'm enjoying it as it as it uh, as we do that. Um, what uh, what constitutes success for you this year, Nathan? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's, it's very easy to just turn around and say, well, you know, we win the Super Bowl. But I think all of us, you know, secretly, if we went back to, you know, the AFC title game and lost, you'd be gutted and you'd, you'd feel frustrated. But I mean, you'd have to say that, you know, winning some more playoff games, you'd say was somewhat of a successful season. But it is very brutal, the NFL, isn't it? It's just all or nothing. You either win it or you don't. And you've got to look at this team and say, this is our window you know you never know how long that window's open for and we've got a real chance this year so I think you know of course it'd be nice doing the AFC North you know you could turn around and say actually you know winning that again and you know dominating that for a couple of years is a great you know a great achievement and you could say that's a successful season but I do think considering where we are the money we're spending the you know the players we've got the coaches you've got to say that it is getting to that or winning that super bowl would you not agree yeah i do but yeah but i'm i'm keeping that on the down low i have to say i still feel funny and weird saying that 
Uh, and maybe because it's just that fatalistic attitude that all Bengals fans have, or at least long, you know, medium to long term Bengals fans have. But um, I, I, um, I just think with the, an NFL season, there are so many moving parts. Right, you'll get injuries, obviously. There's a lot of luck in there for sure. There's yeah. A, yeah, there's a bit of luck uh, involved. Um, there is, uh, you know, there are teams that kind of somehow like we did a couple of years ago catch lightning in a bottle and and get somewhere where they weren't expected to uh, equally you get uh, teams who were expected to do something you know make a major run uh, fall apart sort of mid to late season that could be us this year for whatever reason i don't think it will be and i hope not obviously but i'm just saying there are so many moving parts in this football season um, I find it really difficult to predict and, 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 and kind of describe what success. I'm going to take, I have to say, I'm going to take, because of how the the Ravens, the Browns and the Steelers have improved, or at least on paper in the offseason, I still first, I mean, I, God, I sound like bloody Zach Taylor here, but, um, you know, first things first, you've got to wrap the division up, right? That is the, and then when, once you enter the dance, anything is possible. It's hell for leather, it's hell to scouter, Harem scarem, shit the bedtime, anything can happen, you know. So, yeah, I would like to see us division winners because winning three, no one's ever won the AFC three, uh, talk about history, no one has ever won the AFC North three times in a row. No one. So that, yeah. that gives you an, an idea historically how difficult that feat is. Now, I think we're capable of it, actually, but, um, you know. We'll see, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think secretly I want us to get back to the AFC Championship game at least. But you know, realistically, I want a division win, and then we'll chat further about that. We'll see yeah. what kind of shape we're in in December. I, I do think the AFC North is just so strong this year. You know, you look at the Browns who are coming up on Sunday. They've got a very, very good team. You know, if, if Deshaun Watson does take a step forward and get back to, you know, the way that people know he can play, he'll be, you know, very, very dangerous. And they've got probably the best running back, you know, one of the best running backs in the league in Nick Chubb. Um, you know, some good wide receivers. If, you know, Mari Cooper, Elijah Moore, you know, Peoples Jones isn't bad. So they've got some talent. You know, certainly on the defensive side of the ball as well, Miles Garrett. But you, you think about, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers as well. I mean, they look bloody good. You know, Kenny Pickett, everyone stands taking a step forward. So getting that, you know, we've not got one of those like a team in the division like a Texans or, you know, someone in full rebuild mode that you're thinking, oh, yeah, that's going to, um, you know, be nice and easy for us to get two wins a year um, off of them. It's it going to be a real slugfest. And I do think, you know, like you said, if we were to come out and win the division, you know, with the talent that's knocking about um, in there, you would in some ways have to say, look, that's very, very impressive because, you know, the, I, I'd be surprised if the Steelers and Ravens, you know, don't come away with winning records this year, you know. So for us, it's like you may have to win 12, 13 games even um, to secure the AFC North title. I actually think the biggest signing in this division is not Lamar signing his extension. I think it's the hiring of, of their new offensive coordinator just to kind of reshape and remould that offense, you know, because it was really, for my money, the Ravens were just underperforming every year because they were just re running this odd scheme all the time, not drafting or picking up wide receivers and... Uh, just a run-heavy offense in a pass-heavy league. It just—it was like a square peg in a round hole, you know. Um, so I think you know the 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 most interesting thing, if you're looking to be objective, uh, and from a non-Bengals perspective, is how the Ravens will adapt. Ravens offense that is adapt 
to uh, this Todd Monken guy, you know. Um, I still think they've got some holes on defence. The Ravens are always overrated, I think. But this year, they might be quite, a, quite interesting. So, anyway, right, um, we'll discuss things further. But let's bring in um, one of our favourite guests. He's been on this podcast more times than I care to remember. And each one, and each time, is an absolute privilege. So it's Bengals.com's Jeff Hobson. And now joining us uh, once again, as promised, uh, he is senior writer for Bengals.com. He's one of our favourite human beings in this world of ours. Uh, We're very grateful for his time as usual. It's Jeff Hobson. Jeff, how you doing? Paul, great to be on with you again. It is. It's always great to speak to the great people of England. Well, there you go. I mean, unfortunately, we have a new king now. So you, you're, I'm afraid you've lost that job for a start. You're the king. You're the king. <laughs> the other guy, I mean, you're the king of uh, Bengaldom, which is the only which, which is the only kingdom that counts. So I guess I should say the Bengalm on the on the uh, on the British Isles. Yeah. Right? British Isles. Do not forget our, uh, our Scottish, Welsh and Northern Irish right. brethren. Um but no, so this, so, is so, monarch. this is our second monarch together. This is tremendous. It is. I think the last time we spoke, we still had dear old Queen Liz, and yeah. uh, and now we have uh, King Chuck in charge. Chuck in charge. So um, yeah, I know you're you're a student of history, Jeff. How did you make? What did you make of all the pomp and pageantry of the coronation and all that kind of stuff? You know, I was. Uh, it was. It was. You know, I, you had always heard about it and read about it. So, you know, so it was kind of, uh, you know, and I, I, I guess uh, I was because uh, the opening lines of Barbara Tuckman's great, uh, great book about World War One, The Guns of August, I believe, was about uh, the king of uh, England's uh, funeral. And uh, so I've always been kind of mesmerized by, it, you know, so it was just I was sorry to see. Queen Elizabeth passed, but it was interesting to see the, to see it in action, you know, because you had only read it, you know, I don't, you know, well, not many people around. It's the same for us, you know, people yeah. of this generation and the generation before hadn't, had never experienced yeah. a coronation before. And now yeah. we live in a, in an age of artificial intelligence and gadgets and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So when people, yeah. I think people didn't really know what to think when they saw all these kind of gilded cloaks and scepters yeah. and yeah. swords and at Westminster Abbey ablaze with trumpets and things like that. You know, it was, it, I think it was, it was a strange juxtaposition yeah. between the modern age and uh, yeah. yesteryear, you know, so. Um, I don't know how many more of those we're going to, I don't know how many more of those we're going to have. I could see the next guy doing it a, a lot less than that. Uh, yeah. I, no, I think I, that's I yeah, I think that's the, that's that's the same over here. We've got a feeling that the next one won't be seventy odd years uh, time. But listen to us too. We could have our own history podcast, Jeff. Um, but we're here to talk about the Bengals as ever. You come on every year. Um, always a pleasure, as I mentioned, to, to just preview the season to help us make sense of what's going to happen. And um, first things first, I've got to ask you about this. Uh, Jeff Hobson documentary that was mentioned <laughs> by <laughs> Jeff Burrow. Um, how's that coming along? And what? Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, that's the uh, that's the last time we've seen him. I mean, uh, that was the uh, uh, I think it was before the first practice, right? And uh, 
somebody asked him if he had they if he had watched the uh, HBO documentary on quarterbacks, and he said no. And somebody said why? And a very uh, smart uh, retort to the guy. He said, you know, would you watch a documentary on Hobson? And uh, I was very glad to hear many of the guys said yes. Uh, so it was nice to hear Dan Horde weigh in with an absolutely. But um, unfortunately, we haven't. That's the last time we got a chance to talk to him. So, so, so uh, just moving, just segueing on from that neatly, I think. Uh, and it was an absolutely from me and everyone else, by the way. I can tell you that. Um, but it's. Were you ever worried that um, that he wasn't going to make week one? I guess there's still a slight chance that he won't. But he looks yeah. good at this moment in time. He. Um, were you ever worried about uh, the fact that he was? It felt like a minor-ish injury, but one that could linger if not taken care of properly. Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I I did worry about it because I because I work because that's kind of probably uh, that's my personality. But I uh, after he threw against Green Bay and then we didn't see him, you know, I uh, didn't know quite what to make of that. But I know he's in good hands with a guy like Nick Cosgrave, who's the director of rehab, and he's. Uh, done a massive job getting guys back, starting back with Carson Palmer's. Uh, he helped out at the tail end on Carson's ACL. Of course, he's done. he did Joe's ACL. He uh, This is the rehab part of it. Leon Hall, he got back twice from Achilles tears, you know. Uh, so this is, you know, just just countless guys he's got back. So I knew he was in good hands there. And uh, with, with, with the new trainer, Matt Summers, who replaced Paul Sparling last year, and uh, so you knew that the medical thing of it was going to be okay. It was just, uh, you know, would he have a relapse? I mean, and that's that's what I guess we're looking at now. We're in the kind of a delicate stage now, I think. And Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, kind of uh, uh, indicated that yesterday when he talked to us after practice. Was, uh, you know, he's been in, I think, Thursday. Yesterday was his first team action and practice and i think that was very limited though they, they don't want bodies around them and you know having to react to things that happen in team so you know he's got to get that he's got to get that under his belt so that's that's you know but i don't think they would put him out there if they thought he could you know tweak it again so you know i think it's a it's a good sign he's back we're always crossing our fingers and uh you know but there was a moment there i guess when i'm thinking jesus uh is Jake Browning's, you know, first NFL stack going to be an opener? You know, yeah. that that goes through your mind, of course. And but, you know, uh, like I say about Burrow, Paul, I'm not too concerned about him in August because he's never done anything in August. And but yet in December and January, he's 13 and three. So that's when the games count. And of course, they count in September, too, but they. It's almost they count double and triple in December and January. So 13 and three in those two months. So, uh, you know, we'd like to get him to back to one and one in February. Yeah. And I think um, me and Nathan have been talking about this. The one thing that we'd like to see, and I'm sure the guys would as well, let's face it, this is not uh, mutually exclusive to, to us, uh, is that we'd like to see them make a better start to the season because having to rely on winning 10 games in a row, or whatever. Is he, I mean, they've done brilliantly. It's been so much fun the last couple of years, but I mean, that's 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 a tall order at the best of times. But to do it three seasons in a row when yeah. they haven't started well is is a really big ask. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, two huge ones right out of the box. Uh, Joe's never won in Cleveland, 
you know, and that's the opener. And then the week after that, you know, Lamar comes to town and, 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 uh, you know, uh, the last two years, the Bengals have beaten the Ravens with Lamar down, you know, and the one uh, game, uh, you know, I think Joe and Lamar have pretty much split it, but, uh, you know, Joe, Joe beat him in, uh, Joe beat him in, uh, uh, the last time they, yeah, they're split the last two times they've gone against each other. Mm. So mm. Joe, Joe won in Baltimore and Lamar beat him down there. So, you know, they haven't really, you know, they haven't beaten Baltimore with Lamar since like October of 21. So, right. you know, you put that on the fact that Joe's never won in Cleveland, you know, that's two huge games out of the box. They could really set a tone. You know, yeah. they could really set a tone for the season, uh, getting out of there 2 and off. Okay, let's talk about the roster um, before we get on to predictions and all the rest of it. Um, how are you seeing the roster at this moment in time? The cuts have happened. They might add another one, maybe not. Prob- yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, how are you seeing the roster at the moment? Are you happy with it? Looking good? I think people um, over preseason, this is a, as you get older, you notice people's reactions to certain moments of the year. And it's the same during preseason. People go nuts for people like. Raymond Johnson, the third, who had a great preseason, but devastated that he didn't make the roster. But I've always argued that look who's in front of him. Look at this roster. We've got a good roster. I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, are you the same? Well, to me, Paul, it's 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 the best of both worlds. They've got experience of two AFC Championship title game runs, plus. I think it's the third youngest roster in the league. It's certainly the youngest roster under Zach Taylor. And this mm. is, this is of course a reflection of the economics they're going to be facing once Burrow signs the extension. You got to be younger. And, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, 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 Jeff. Yeah. You just said when Burrow signs yeah. it. And I think there are some people out there are still really worried about this. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming he's going to, you know, sign it. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. And I, I just, just, um, but, you know, so, but I think they've done a nice job preparing for that. Uh, you know, now the drafts have to keep, the drafts have, have to keep paying off. And you'd have to say, Paul, the last, you know, the, the 2020, the 2021, the 2022 drafts have been, have been very good, you know, mm. they, and they've had to be because, you know, you're preparing for this, uh, you know, keeping guys like Chase and Higgins and, uh, and borrow. So you got to be young. So your young guys have to be good. So hopefully the, 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 the 2023 draft, and I think they think it is, is on a par with that. So, like I say, I think it's the best of both worlds. You got a veteran group of, you know, guys who have been through this run. The core of the team has been through this run and uh, yet they're, but they're young, but they've got really good young players in the, you know, coming up, I think, uh, you know, from the DJ Turners and the Dax Hills and, you know, the Cordell Volsons and the Zach Catters, you know, I think these guys have proven that they can play. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's it's maybe is it OK, you're going to maybe look at if there's one thing to look at, it's the safety position, perhaps. Well, let's okay. go on to that, because because yeah. what would you tell people? That was my big worry that that was yeah. the obvious big hole to me. Uh, we were blessed with such a fantastic partnership between Jesse Bates and and Von Bell, um, they just seem to work so well together. Gave us so much security back there. Um, 
what would you say to people who are worried, especially after seeing Dax? And we haven't seen much of Dax and Nick play together no. in preseason, but you no. have in practice. So what would you say to people who are worried uh, about that, uh, about the departure of, of Jesse and Vaughan and the future with uh, with Dax and uh, um, and Nick Scott? Well, Bates and Bell, obviously, hard, hard guys to replace. But I think every time Dax plays, I mean, he does something good. You know, I think he's I think he's fast. He closes on the ball. I think he's going to be a really good play. I mean, I think he's going to be really good. Is he going to be Jesse Bates or Von Bell right away? Probably not. But I think his ceiling might be a little bit higher, you know. Um, and I think as uh, when it comes, you know, and I think Nick Scott is uh, he's a uh, he's a solid starting safety in the league. I think he's a good transition guy if they can you know if they if they think jordan battle can you know i think they think jordan battle can be i, th I think they envision hill and battle as the next version of bates and bell now they're not there yet and they get a good transition guy in scott so i, I think scott's a solid guy you, you know i think what you're worried about to me what you would be worried about there when you lose all that experience is are, are you going to start giving up big plays are you going to have blown assignments and I don't think that's going to happen because you have a solid regular in Scott who's got a Super Bowl ring. He's fact he's got our Super Bowl ring, mm -hmm. but um, and 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 Hill has been in the system, and I think that's another key thing too. Paul is uh, Luan Rumo's system is uh, uh, been in place for five years, so you know uh, you've got you know guys like Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt can help him can help out these safeties back there. The corners with the Wouzier and Hilton can help them out back there. It's all about communication. Bates and Bell were great at that. So I think, yes, it's not they're not Bates and Bell, but I, I think they're certainly good enough to win with this year. And who knows what happens in the future? I, I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think Hill's got a very, very high ceiling. Mm. What else or who else have you been impressed with this preseason that perhaps has flown under the radar a little bit? Uh, any Any kind of... Inside track, you can give us and a few guys. Well, I mean, I just you know the rook. Obviously, the uh, rookies have been, I think, have been outstanding. The drafted, you know, the uh, uh, I can't say his name. I need Dan Horde. Dan Horde. Yo Yoshivas. Yoshivas. Yeah, that's easy for you to say. Well, so um, just just say Yoshi yeah. from now on. <laughs> Yoshi, <laughs> exactly right. Print the kid from Princeton. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know. You know. You know. Obviously, but these guys, that, you know, the fans know about. I think the guys who follow, they know, they they know the two DJs, uh, the second rounder DJ Turner and the second rounder DJ Ivy. They've been very good. I think Jace Brown, you know, in the preseason finale, he, he looked he looked comfortable in the running back from Illinois. You know, um, it, but you know, as far as for you know veterans who have looked good out there, I, I uh, you know Hilton, you know, is just you roll him out there and he he just you know he's uh. He's he's a smart guy, and it, it shows you it shows you what experience uh, can do. You know, uh, granted, it's only practice. He probably kind of knows what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. I mean, just just the way he plays, it's just uh, looks like he's you know primed for for a big year. I think Cam Taylor Britt had a good camp. He remember remember he didn't have a camp last year. He was hurt, um, soft body uh, soft tissue injury that took him out of most of camp as a rookie. And so in his first camp, you know, I thought he he is what he looked like in the down the stretch. He's he's a physical guy who can who can cover who uh, who contests every throw. 
Um, you know, offensively, uh, tough to tell about the offensive line. But, you know, I think uh, it's interesting. I think at tight end, they went, they they stuck with Wilcox, who's, I think, a, a guy that can, uh, I think they feel like he can do a bunch of different things. And he knows, the, he knows the system. He's a smart guy. Maybe he doesn't have the hands of a Tanner Hudson who's on the practice squad, but he can mm-hmm. do the other things that a tight end has to do. And, um, you know, I, 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 a guy who didn't play in the preseason, who I expect big, big things from, is Travion Williams. I'm a Travion right. Williams guy because I think back to last year when he um, – this is going to be the opposite of this year. Now he played in the preseason and he was inactive. They went with Chris Evans instead of him. And he was inactive for the whole first half of the season. First nine games. He didn't play mm-hmm. first game out of the bye. Mixon goes down uh, in Pittsburgh. Evans is down before the game. So he's got to be active. And he, he returns five kickoffs for the first time in his life. Uh, he, he makes some big blocks in uh, blitz pickup. He uh, has got some key runs he, in Tennessee the next week. He has a big catch on third and 12. Hasn't hit now. So he's the kind of guy I think you roll out opening day and he's going to play. Mm. Didn't see him in preseason though. So, yeah, yeah. you know, really I think a tough thing is I, it doesn't look like, uh, you know, Joseph Asai had a boot on, I, which would mean that would make his, uh, that would make his uh, availability for uh, Cleveland, I guess, probably in doubt. Uh, mm. I, 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 Hate to lose him in the opener. I think he's a. I, I would hate to lose him in the opener. He's a. I thought he looked good in the. I thought he looked good in camp, but you know, I think the coaches wanted to see a little more. That's why he was playing in the finale. Mm. But um, you know, that's just some of the. That's just some of the stuff I saw, Paul. Mm. Okay, uh, before we get to prediction, uh, it's a big year for the Bengals as a club, as a franchise. Um, Regarding now, just uh, listeners, Jeff is wearing a really cool cap at the moment with Riley number 13 with the old school Bengals helmet on. I'm probably going to get that for myself when when I come over. We had Ken Riley Jr. on the podcast again just before the week before uh, his father's induction. As part of the voting process, uh, you've, you've done your best to bang the drum over the years. It must have been great to see uh ken albeit in a bittersweet way obviously but overridingly it must have been great to see uh someone that you'd been campaigning for get into the hall eventually yeah you know uh talk to kenny riley uh uh you know talk to ken uh like a week before he died talking about that about you know because the process was coming around again it's something we talked about uh you know he deserved it. He should have. He, he should have been in five years after he was uh, retired. Uh, a lot of reasons that he wasn't, but uh, you know, uh, it was. Uh, you know, uh, it was. It was very. It, and I told Kenny Riley uh, the second this that uh, when I saw him and his uh, mother take that uh, take take the sheet off the bust was one of my biggest thrills in sports. Uh, it was, you know, to be able to lobby guys like Mel Blunt, to be able to help with this presentation to the senior committee. Uh, it was just a big thrill to be part of the process. And I, and I hope I never have to do it for a posthum, posthumous guy again, because uh, mm-hmm. that was really, uh, you said it was bittersweet. I hope I never have to do that again. Yeah, yeah. 
bittersweet. Uh, I think that's the very least of the emotions there, I think. Um, well, let's hope uh, Kenny Kenny Anderson seems to be getting closer again. Let's hope he can uh, yeah. stay well. No, it's nothing to do with him. He's got the credentials. It's not up to yeah, him I don't, to, I, you know, to jump a I, hurdle. It's down to the bloody Hall of Fame and the selectors to get their asses in gear and do what they should have done about 10, 15 years ago, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, Kenny's another guy who should have been, who shouldn't have had to wait to now. Mm. I mean, I just can't, I, I, I can't. For the life of me, I I uh, I don't know, uh, and nobody says. Well, you know, it's always somebody jumping ahead of him. It's never well, he doesn't belong. But somebody always seems to jump ahead of him, and I don't really, yeah, you know, I don't really understand. I don't know what I, I I don't know what other you know. He's got the statistical, he's got the statistical argument uh, among his peers, and he's got the statistical argument uh, among the people who are already in the hall. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the next I'm not sure what the next argument is. Well, we should see. Right, Jeff, quick snap prediction. You're gonna go into it in detail, I know, uh, on Bengals.com and we look forward to your uh, prediction articles and preview articles. Um what's your feeling about the season coming up? You know, I think it's a uh I think it's an eleven, twelve, thirteen game season. You know, uh they've got uh I think it's the best team they've had. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I know that the safety, they're not as strong as perhaps they were at safety, but I think they're probably, they're, they're clearly that is that is uh, balanced by the fact that strong on the offensive line with the addition of uh, Orlando Brown at left tackle, who I think is a, not only a huge presence on the line, but in the locker room, you know, so I think that balances off the safety thing. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, if you uh, – but, you know, we go through this every year, Paul. The schedule always seems to be tougher than the year before, right? I mean, it's just – this seems to be just – we're just recycling through here. Pittsburgh's yeah. better. Cle- Pittsburgh's better. Cleveland's better. Lamar's back in Baltimore. So, you know, those were three things we didn't have last year. So I think this team is up to that challenge, though, because they've been through it. Uh, they've uh, had success. They're a confident team. They've got the same. They they get the continuity is is amazing. You know, uh, they're changing the offense in Baltimore. You know, uh, Pickett is going into his first year as a starter in Pittsburgh. Watson is 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 going is knocking off the rust in Cleveland. They've got a new they got new stuff going on defense in Cleveland. So this this is the advantage I think that the Bengals have in the schedule, uh, particularly early on. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you get you know Baltimore is going to have a new offense with Lamar. They catch them early, and they get a Cleveland team that you know is 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 you know always seems to be retooling themselves every every off season. Uh, mm-hmm. So to me, that gives the Bengals at, at least. 11, 12 wins, 13 wins. You get a break here, you get a break there, you know. But I think they've got enough. They clearly have enough, I think, to win it all again, you know, to go back to the Super Bowl and to win it, but to yeah. also win the division for the third year in a row, which would be they'd be the first team in the history in the 24-year history of the AFC North to uh, to win it three years in a row, which is something in you know, one of the toughest – in the toughest division, I think, in the 21st century. Yeah. 
Well, Jeff, let's hope your predictions come true. You're uh, usually correct on these sort of things. Um, but what a treat to see you again. Um, have a great season. And we'll, uh, we'll no doubt speak down the road. Have fun. Can't wait to see you guys. Can't wait to see you guys when you come over. And there we go. Uncle Jeff talking about uh, Jima and Lamar <laughs> and Freddie Star. That won't mean anything to A, American listeners, and B, British listeners under 25 years old. There we go. Jeff on great form as ever. Great to hear him, Nathan. He's brilliant, isn't he? He's just, you could talk to him all night. Lovely man. Kind heart, very knowledgeable, and does a cracking job for Bengals.com. Uh, right. Let's get to your correspondences. Uh, we are at today underscore UK on Twitter. Uh, we are Bengals UK on Facebook. We are Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. So do come and say hello. And of course, we'll be with you throughout the season. We want to be hearing what you think. And next week, Nathan, next week, we'll be bringing out Reaccione. We'll be tearing our hair out again. We'll be, there will be joy and sorrow and tears and laughter. It is the roller coaster of the NFL season. But uh, in the meantime, we are still in preview mode. So uh, hard knockers coming up in a few minutes' time. Uh, but uh, let's start with Peter Dadswell at Dadders. I'll go for a conservative 12-5 and five record, he says. Players to watch are the usual candidates. However, my focus will be on the progress uh, in year two of uh, Cam Taylor-Britt and Dax Hill as well as this year's rookies. I mean, sometimes, rookie, you know, it's the rookies that you least expect to really make an impact. Uh, we're going to be talking about, throughout this little section here, we're going to be talking about our own sort of players to watch. Any any, any of those, do you agree with Dadis on that one? Uh, um, or do you think uh, any others that you'll be keeping an eye on? You could certainly say um, that Taylor Britt and Dax Hill were the ones, and they're the ones that are going to get a lot of playing time. You know, I'd be quite interested to see how Tyson Anderson fares if he plays a bit. He had that fantastic preseason game, didn't he? Perhaps not enough to, you know, really give you too much um, insight into how he'll perform in the regular season, but him as well. And, you know, Dad is he's completely right. So, you know, when you get players into, you know, their second year, you tend to see a lot more of them, you know, rookies this year. I mean, as much as, you know, people hype them up and they get very excited about the draft. We won't see a lot, I don't think, from many of the rookies this year. You know, someone like Yoshivas is a good example. You know, he's got a big role in the preseason, had a great training camp. The reality is he's buried back on that roster. You know, he'd be lucky really to get yeah, any snaps. I agree, I agree. Same with Charlie Jones, really. Although we will see him on special teams, I think. We'll see both. But Charlie Jones will have, with uh, the release of Trent Taylor, you know, Chuck's got to step up and he will, he's going to be the punt returner, I think. So that's going to be interesting. Uh Jamie at Trequart Beaster, he says he thinks it's going to be a 14 and 3 season. Outrageous. Travion breakout season. All aboard HMS Piss the League. Uh, <laughs> so Jamie's very excited. Perhaps a tad incontinent as well. Um, Michael Smith at conniving underscore crow. Solid handle. Dare to dream. So I'll go for 13 and 4. A magical playoff run. Burrow MVP. Finishing with us, lifting old Vince and enjoying the finest Cuban cigars Nathan Palmer managed to, in inverted commas, source. <laughs> are, you, are you some sort of Cuban cigar dealer that I don't know about? Is this your I'm side happy. hustle? Um, I'm happy to be if we win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I think Eddie Cigar will do a, a nice Café Creme or a Hamlet uh, 
slim uh, cigar. Again, well, I'm going back to the 80s here. No one's heard of that sort of shot. Right, I think Zach Carter is your man for me. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him. I want to see significant progress from... Uh, uh, last year's rookie season to this year, by all accounts, he's had a good camp. So I really want to see him dip, disrupt that backfield. Um, um, that's what he was uh, uh, drafted for, although last year he was better in the run. He really came on towards the end of the year. So uh, but, uh, so I'm looking for, from the stuff that I've seen from, you know, Mike Petraglia's uh, and uh, Dan Hord's daily videos, James Rapine's videos uh, on, uh, you know, they take from training camp. Zach Carter's been looking good, sort of disrupting that backfield. Uh, so I want to see him really step up this this year. Um, what about MVP? I mean, it's it's hard to look past. Uh, if you're going to say, you know, who's your man, it's got to be Borrow. He's the man that brings everything together. As I said earlier, he's the man that, that gives this team an edge, a real steely-eyed focus and 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 really really brilliant amazing mental strength right past joe boy can you i'm excited to see you trey hendrickson again this year i think he was um probably, he was unlucky last year to not have better stats he was constantly involved and putting pressure on and i always think he's just an exciting you know like gunslinger really just plays 100 like miles an hour such intensity and you know i do love a pass rush you know a good pass rusher so get in the face of the quarterback so i'm excited to see what he can do this year and i i think he'll have another very very good year Rob Hill at surely this season, and that's a more so, that's a more relevant handle, isn't it? Well, absolutely true. Uh, Rob says uh, I've got us thirteen and four. I think we'll miss the number one seed narrowly. Ooh. My play to watch is T, and I think uh, we'll all gnash our teeth as he won't have signed a new contract. I also predict big years for CTB and the O line. Uh, we obviously hope that. Um, there's going to be a, it's going to be a big year for the O line. Uh, certainly, that starting five looked pretty good on paper. It's just whether they can execute. Volson apparently has taken a step forward, so that that'll be great if you can do that. You know, Karras and Kappa are as solid as you like on that interior, and then it's the outside. You know, they had didn't have a good season last year until uh, around the middle of the season when they settled down. Uh, that was uh, Lael Collins and Jonah Williams. Now it's uh, Orlando Brown and Jonah Williams. So let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. Um, yeah, interesting point about the contracts. People are, again, sort of starting to get a bit nervous because normally the Bengals do their big business before the start of the season and what we are mere days away and there's nothing on Joe, there's nothing on T. Uh, I'm gonna, you, you asked me last week, so I'm going to ask you. Are you, are you uh, as the, the clock ticks on and we've a couple of days away from the Browns game, are you surprised it's lasted this long or are you worried? What's going down in, in Nathan's mind? I am a bit surprised and I'm a bit worried because a lot, a lot of the narratives, you know, back at the start of the off-season is it'll get done, don't even worry about it. And that was from multiple sources and obviously from a business perspective, you know, the Bengals and Joe Burrow would have absolutely loved to get this done and out of the way. You know, they're not going to be negotiating mid-season on different bits and pieces. They'll very much want to just sort of focus on, um, you know, the game. So you've really only got, and what is it today, Monday, you've got basically five days, haven't you, before the start of the season. It is concerning, you know, it's a big deal and there's all sorts of, I think the, the most worrying part about it, I think, is if he doesn't sign it, 
um, now? Because obviously you've had those other quarterbacks fall in place. So people naturally were just thinking, you know, with, you know, Jalen Hurts and um, people like that signing these massive deals, Lamar Jackson as well. You kind of just felt like Burroughs was next up and it sort of quite nicely sort of fall into place. And, you know, there's a decent sort of scope as to what you'd probably get. The problem is what you don't want is the narrative to start. You know, people to start saying all oh, that, you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are at logreds and, you know, he's not happy with this and, oh, I don't know if they're going to get that done. And then people labelling all oh, the Bengals are cheap, narrative over and, you know, trying to make it look like the front office doesn't know what they're doing. But that's what you don't want. And I just, I just think that it, the problem is it's the complexity of the deal, I think. You're talking about some serious, serious money, like a quarter of a billion dollars, roughly. You're talking all about, you know, the different rights and how long it'll be and, you know, if it's a, a possibly a deal that's like a percentage of the cap and all sorts of other things that have been you know, put out there. We obviously know the Bengals, not huge fans of these guaranteed contracts, which obviously you look at someone like Deshaun Watson, you know, what he was able to get with the Browns. There's, you know, if you're Joe Burrow, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's greedy, but his agent will be out there trying to secure him the absolute best possible deal he can. And you look at Joe Burrow, you look at what he's done for this team. You know, we've gone back to the Super Bowl and the AFC championship game. You know, the whole city's galvanised. Everyone is absolutely loving it. He knows he's got a very strong negotiating position because if there was any way that the Bengals, you know, couldn't get a deal done or had to franchise tag him or if there was any sniff whatsoever, that Joe Burrow said, look, actually, I'm done here. Send me to Las Vegas with the Raiders. The whole NFL community and Bengals fans were going to complete an utter meltdown. So, you, you know, in that sense, that not that he can have the Bengals over a barrel, but it's a very, very strong negotiating position because the Bengals need Joe Burrow. It's the best we've ever been, really. You know, we look fantastic. He's a he's an absolute sexy advocate for this team. You know, he's a good-looking geezer. He brings some swagger. He's the sort of person that gets bandwagon fans on board. You know, he sells jerseys. Yeah, he just... Yeah. Your average NFL fan, you know, that you're not really sure which team to support. Bengals are playing well with Joe Burrow. That they're the team that you might pick. You know, he's that sort of draw for the city and for the team itself. It's going to be a difficult one, and I'm not when it, people were so confident about it. You know, it's not my area of specialty, but I was sort of like, oh, okay, a bit surprising. But you know, it's a huge deal, and I I wouldn't be surprised. There's a few bumps in the way, and it does have me mildly worried. I'm not panicking. I'm not you know, overthinking it. But it, there is a, a a sense of slight nervousness there, I think, in terms of, you know, the scale, the magnitude, the guaranteed money, you know, what the Bengals are willing to, um, you know, lay down in that regard. But, you know, they've done it before. They've done it. They paid Andy Dalton a lot of money um, back at the time. They paid Carson Palmer a lot of money. But the problem in sport now is money has just got out of control. You know, some of these contracts are absolutely enormous. You know, contracts that people were signing four or five years ago now don't look that bad in comparison to some of the scale of deals that are getting done now, especially for quarterbacks. So, you know, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a complex one, man. It, it does concern me a bit. Yeah, I agree, and I think you're very... That's a good point, actually. I mean, he's got leverage in this matter because the Bengals need him, and the city... I don't... I hate... You know what? I hate... You know me. I hate putting... Or, you know, almost like cult-worshipping an individual. It's a very individualistic society where we kind of worship sports men and women. We... Were, you know, you look at politics at the moment. Yes, I mentioned the P words on this on this podcast, but you look at politics from both sides. You know, there's a real kind of I don't know. Um, I don't like worship worshiping ind individuals, uh, but I will say this: he's 
you know, he has galvanised the city. He has. Um, he is what makes this team special. Um, so, yeah, I hope, uh, I, I do hope they can get it sorted. We are recording this on Monday, the 4th of September. And uh, the hope is that things will get done before Sunday. So, you know, uh, watch this space. And if it's already happened, just forget our conversation in the last five minutes. Stupid woman, if it gets done this evening. Or oh, tomorrow. I know. That's always the way, isn't it? It's always been the way. Big news drops as soon as we've recorded it or I'm editing it or whatever and putting it out or whatever. Um, right. Uh, let's, let's play out the final episode of uh, The World's first ever scripted drama in a football podcast yes it's your favorite uh, it's, it's almost developed a bit of a following like days of our lives in america and dallas and dynasty and uh, and the archers in the uk you know um it is hard knockers Sentinata. Come on, lad, show yourself. Always noise with you. Noisy Nathan, noisy Nathan. I dictate when you talk and who you talk to. <sighs> not this time, lad, not this time. Because look, I've only gone and got your phone, and I? I know exactly who you are. What? Where did you get that mobile telephone? I was given that state-of-the-art phone free from the Twilight phone. They signal their intention with each and every smartphone sold. Come and lose yourself inside the Twilight phone. Terms and conditions apply. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you're saying here, man, but Twilight phone or no Twilight phone, I know you're that geezer. You're that geezer and you're the radio guy. You didn't get my job last season and you ain't getting it now. We'll see about that. I'm Dan the Radio Voiceman and being on the radio is what I was born to do. Radio is where I belong, and nothing, not you or your stupid boss, will stop me achieving my dream of appearing on Cincinnati, the ninth most popular Bengals podcast. Yes, the ninth most popular Bengals podcast. And by the way, you're forgetting something. Oh yeah? You're still behind bars, and you are still my prisoner. It's a crucial moment for Bengals podcast Cincinnati. Primed for a breakout season with sponsorship and increased listeners beckoning. Star presenter Nathan Palmer is staring down his kidnapper from a jail cell. Meanwhile, back at the Cincinnati facility, head coach Paul Hirons and director of operations Frankie Fockernocker are in panic mode. With only one week to go before the start of the season, no Nathan Palmer means no podcast. What are we going to do? No Nathan means no podcast. Uh, hold on. I just said that. 
Hold on, did you hear something, Frankie? No? Um, okay. I'll say it again then. No Nathan means no podcast. And no podcast means no sponsorship from that chippy you made a deal with, a Sultan Battery. Okay, we need to take a deep breath, Coach. Is there any way we can determine where the kidnapper is holding him? We listened to that phone call from the kidnapper over and over again, and then there was nothing. I thought I did hear something in the background, like a low rumble. Uh, well, sorry about that. I had three cheese conies at Skyline for lunch. Coach! Well, better out than in. While Coach Hirons feels the after-effects of the chili, Frankie Fockernocker desperately tries to look for clues as to Nathan's whereabouts. Coach, we've just received a strange message. It's come through a phone none of us recognizes, and all it says is solid handle. Wait, that has to be Nathan. Yes, it has to be. My department has triangulated the origin of the signal and identified the phone mast it was broadcast from. They've managed to narrow it down to two buildings. Coach, we gotta go now. I'll drive. To the knocker wagon! Revenge is going to taste so sweet. Like that time Luton Airport locked me up to be the voice of their business with a five-year contract. Luton Airport, where you'll land great hair every time. Great days, great days. All over independent radio I was. Mate, you seem to have a, a liking for the sandy round voice here. Like, you know, some people might even call it a complex. You shut up, Palmer. I will soon take my revenge. Seriously, though, like, let's be honest for a minute. What happened in your childhood that you're so obsessed with hearing a sandy round voice across independent radio? Shut up. Shut up. Because of your insolence, I'm going to speed up my plans. Oh my God, Frankie, where did you learn to drive this fast? At my old job, at Fancy Fockernocker's Fried Fockernocker Nuts. We had to deliver these fried Fockernocker Nuts to customers before they got cold. I had to, let's just say, learn some shortcuts. We're almost there, Coach. Hold on! With Coach Hirons and Frankie Fockernocker closing in on their target, Dan, the radio voice man's plan, was starting to look shaky. Right. He's gone off to do whatever he's going to do. I've got to get my own plan in place here. Otherwise, I ain't getting out. You know, I've got I've got a podcast record. I've got to get out of here. Right. I'll take, hang on. Let me take down this poster of Desmond Briscoe that I've put on the wall. Like, you know, little does Dan, the idiot voice man know, I've been chiseling away behind this poster of Des for the last couple of days. And oh, hang on. I reckon I could just about fit into that hole now. Just about. Let me squeeze myself in. That's it. Here we go. I could just get this pipe out of the way. Hang on. I've got a rock with me. Hang on. Hang on. Yes. Go on. Yes, I've got it. I've got it. I'm through, I think. If I could just get through there. Oh, it's a sewer though, isn't it? Now to crawl my way out of here. Oh, blah. Oh, it stinks down here. Oh, just got to keep going. Dan, I'll catch you on any minute. You see that the poster's gone. I can see a light. Keep going, keep going, son. Keep your head together. Keep your head together. Keep your head together. Think of the Kansas City game. Think of it. Oh, I'm covered in shit. Oh, I'm on one last push. I'm out. Right, Nathan Palmer, it's time. Wait, where is he? That poster. I knew I shouldn't have let him have it. And what's that noise? It sounds like a car. It's getting louder. Frankie, I think we've hit someone. Yes, it's me, Dan, the radio voice man. So it was you. How could you? 
Well, your evil plan is done. We called the police on the way over. They should be here in a few minutes. So it's prison radio only for me now. Yes, and good riddance. But where's Nathan? Where is he? Oh, my son. Nathan, there you are. And there you are, my boy. Took your bloody time, didn't you? I had to escape. Had this old mighty banging. Saw you two from across the street. Thought I'd come in and get a lift home. Ew, Nathan, you're all dirty. Is that what I think it is? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so not a word to anyone. You know, if I'd known you were coming crashing in, though, I surely wouldn't have crawled through a pipe of the brown stuff to get my freedom. Well, at least you're okay. It's time to get cleaned up and do what you do best. <laughs> or mispronounce some words and the names of players. No, well, yes, but also let's go make some podcasts. thought we agreed we'd only talk at certain times of the day. Look, relax. They don't know who I really am. No one does. Well, there you go. All's well that ends well, Nathan. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I think you're going to be up for, you know, some sort of um, Academy Award or something for putting that together, son. A, a fantastic bit of editing. And, and I, I absolutely love the acting in there from Frankie Fockenocker as well. So good characters. Good characters, my mate Dan. His name is genuinely Dan. Stepped up as Dan Dan, the uh, the radio voice man. So thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate that. I don't. He sent me his recording of his lines, and halfway through, he goes, "I have no idea what's going on here, but I'll carry on. I have no idea what the hell is going on here, you know." Uh, but he's a true pro. Uh, so thanks everyone that uh, that took part, and it will be back next year. I think I'm enjoying producing these too much now, so. Whether you love them or hate them, they're going to be back next year. And actually, I got challenged to make a video version of Hard Knockers. Uh, take it from the uh, the audio drama to your actual visual drama. Um, but I don't, I'm not sure whether we've got the time or the budget really to do that. So if anyone wants to give us a couple of thousand budget, then uh, please do so. But this is a football podcast, Nathan, and we must talk about football. So let's get back to our correspondences at today underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, Bengals underscore UK on Instagram, Derek Davis at Bengal Bites. Uh, his record prediction is 12 and 5. He thinks with that we will be AFC North champions. He'll be watching both offensive tackles or offensive tackles. Let's hope they're not offensive tackles. <laughs> um, Orlando Brown and Jonah Williams. Bengals uh, management, will they get the contracts for JB9 and T Dunn? Uh, I suspect they'll get Joe Dunn. I've still got my theories about T uh, that no one wants to hear in this positive podcast. Um, and he's going to be watching Mixon versus the media. Interesting. After all that kerfuffle a few weeks back. You don't think T's coming back, son, though? Uh, we'll have that conversation down the road, but I, I'm i not sure. Let's put it that way. I'm sure about Joe Borrow, but I'm not sure about T Higgins. Yeah. Even, though I, even though I love him. You know, there's no getting around him. I think he's brilliant. He's a worthy... Uh, worthy recipient of the 80, famous 85 jersey, or was until you know this year. Uh, I think he's just a brilliant character, brilliant player. He's got a smile that would light up any room. You want him on your team every single day of the week. Uh, whether you're prepared to pay Joe Burrow or can 
not just being prepared to, but I'm sure they're prepared to, but whether they can pay Joe Borrow, Jamar Chase and T Higgins and also build a, a challenger team around them, I'm not so sure. But again, that's another conversation. Uh, Derek will also be watching Yosivosh as well. So, But I think you're right about Yosivosh or Yoshi. Uh, I don't think we'll see that much of him. and I, But I do think he might splash occasionally. I think I think you could put him down for a touchdown this season, you know, and he might have a couple of 150, 200 yards receiving or something. But the, the player that I think low-key is a really good player for us and steps up, and they didn't use him much in the preseason, which sort of shows you. I think Trenton Irwin's a good little player. You know, I think Joe Burrow really trusts him, and he's, he's played well. You know, not one of those guys that's going to, you know, blaze down the field and have a 1,000-yard season, Trenton Irwin. But he's very reliable, good hands. You know, he's a... He's a solid little player, and as much as I love Yoshi, I just can't see really him supplanting either Trent Irwin or Charlie Jones um, this early on to you know to get some stats. Maybe Charlie Jones, but Trent Irwin, I, I just I think that's his number four position, um, nicely entrenched. But if we see anything from Yoshi, incredible, you know, it's a you know great bit of value for a, a late round pick, and if he starts performing in his rookie year, you know that'd be exceptional. James at Jim uh, E H D. Overly optimistic prediction, 16-1. and one. We're bound to lose to the Browns. I'm already looking forward to the Will Greer Masterclass in Week 18. I think the O-line will allow fewer than 30 sacks and defence will lead the league in takeaways. There's some bold statements. I like those, uh, James, a lot, actually. Sam Reeve at Johnny Prong. Um, no. I'm going for 15 and 2. 9 plus 1 plus 5 equals 15. Shirt numbers, crazy logic, I know. And my GCSE grade 5 maths was just up to the job, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, agree with Peter Schrager. Big year for T uh, CTB. Uh, Cam Taylor, Britt getting some love in the comments, Nathan. And why not? I, I, I really like the fact that he's he's gone up against Jamar Chase every day of practice i mentioned this last week it's going to sharpen your knife isn't it it's going to sharpen your blade basically every day going up against that sort of quality yeah i mean do you know the other player that we've not really talked about is cheeto having him back oh Linda. i think that's a big thing yeah that's big i just hope that he's all right you know you come back from an injury like that it's not a quick recovery you know it's but certainly as well like you hope he doesn't lose any of his explosiveness but I felt really bad for him because he was playing at a Pro Bowl level, you know, last year. And I think he would have got the nod um, had he stayed healthy. But, but, yeah, if we can get him back to you know, some sort of full uh, strength, he's an absolute weapon for us, uh, him and Captain Taylor Brewer. Agreed. And it's interesting that, that because they sort of waived uh, Sidney Jones, uh, they're really putting in, they're really trusting their rookies, you know, DJ Turner. And DJ Ivy, the two DJs. So I'm looking forward to Turner playing. Not sure uh, what part Ivy will play, but uh, uh, yeah, certainly Cheeto and CTB. They that sounds like a quite a solid uh, one-two on the edges. Uh, and obviously Mike Hilton is Mike Hilton and brilliant at what he does in the slot. So uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, Paul at Picar Burns. In my blind second season optimistic view, I am going for sixteen and one. And the unfortunately. And unfortunately, the one could be this Sunday. Uh, being hearing, uh, been hearing a lot of our other podcasts about potentially being slow starters. Yes, we have indeed, Paul. The last couple of times, uh, shoe at shoe dog. Solid handle. Ten eighty eight. 
He reckons, or she, I don't know, maybe it's a she-dog, a she-shoe dog, I don't know. Um, that person thinks uh, the Bengals will finish 14-3, and 4-2 and two in the division. Irv Smith stays healthy and has a career year. I mean, it could happen. He's talented enough to do it. Um, yeah. And let's finish with Sean at Sean E01. Uh, Sean thinks it's going to be 20 and 0. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, uh, Sean. Um, thanks to everyone who's sent in their predictions and things to watch out for. Uh, so it's down to us, Nathan. What about your prediction? Um, I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go dad, the dadder's route. Uh, I'm going to go 12 and 5 and. Well, that's conservative. I think we're capable of going 13 or 14s, but I'm going to go 12s just because there are so many moving parts, you know. Um, but I think I think that will be enough for the playoffs. I'm going to go... I'm just going to go 12 and 5. It's boring if I say that. I'm going to go 11 and 6, I think. I reckon it's a tough year, very tough division. I think we'll make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to see us do like what you were saying the sign of a good team is almost have a few silly games this season you know we get 11 wins you maybe you know you're probably in the wild card territory maybe you sneak the division probably unlikely though of 11 wins but that we almost save our best football for the end of the year you know and have a really good deep run in the playoffs that's kind of you know where i think we will we'll end up i think we'll have a couple of silly games in there you know games that you know we should win but fall short on but yeah i, I I'm going to go, yeah, 11 and eleven and 6 from me, Sam. Ooh, well, let's hope we just get out of this division. Well, Nathan, next week we'll be talking about the Browns game at some stage. Might not be a Monday because I'll be travelling back from London. Um, but we will be rolling out Reaccione. Let's hope it's a win on the road against the Browns. I'm a bit iffy about this game. Are you as well, Nathan? Yeah, I am. I think the fact that the team hasn't really played together for so long, just like you said, it's away from home. Browns are a decent side. Our record against them has not been brilliant. Um, it goes without saying, and it's far too early to say this, but it'd be a huge win. You know, anytime you get a divisional win is obviously absolutely massive, but away on the road, you know, a couple of question marks in terms of, you know, the health of Joe Burrow and people like that going in. Obviously, you know, there are some doubts there, but yeah, it would be a glorious game to get a win on. The, the reason as well, and again, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the Ravens, you got the week after at home. Now, that's always a really, really tricky game. And I think if you can go in there with a win under your belt, if you were to drop that game, it'd be like, all right, fair enough. If you're going in there 0-1, you know, all of a sudden that feels like a sort of we don't really want to lose this and dig ourselves into another 0-2 um, scenario, like you said before, and then have to go on win eight, nine games down the road, back-to-backs against the playoffs. So, again, far too early to you know, start thinking about those narratives. But you just really want to, I think, avoid losing this game and putting that pressure on yourself when you play the Ravens. Indeed. Thank you so much for sticking with us for this bumper preview episode of Cincinnati. Just a quick reminder, there'll be uh, simultaneous meetups. Get us uh, this Sunday, the 10th of September, uh, one down in London at the Coach House. Uh, we'll be there from about five o'clock and then there'll be... Uh, one in Manchester at uh, the English Lounge, upstairs at the English Lounge. So go and see Jamie and the gang up there. Enjoy yourselves and enjoy watching the games together. Uh, a huge thank you to Jeff Hobson, as ever, for spending a little bit of time with us and sharing uh, his knowledge and insights with us. 
Uh, thank you to everyone who took part in uh, Hard Knockers. <sighs> and that's it. Um, let the games begin. Let it. Let's go. Let's. Uh, let's. Let's. It's a hoot day for me. And a hoot day for me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.